What's up, good people? Welcome to Season 2, Episode 2 of Talk of the Shore. My name is Raylan Wardlaw. And I'm Langston Frazier. We're back, back another again. week. I forgot. Another episode. I did, not, I did not forget to introduce myself this I'm week. I'm so proud. So, you know, I'm hey, so proud. I'm getting back in the swing of things. There we go. But, uh, you know, it's good to be back. Good to be here. Season 2, Episode 2. Let's get going. Yeah. And if you didn't check out Episode 1, go check it out. Mandy Carney stops by on that episode. But Season Two, episode two. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. And you know how we start every uh, show? HBCU fact of the day. It is still Black History Month, but it's always Black History Month. So we just going to yeah, drop another fact for before you. you said it, before you said it, did you hear about, I think it's in Utah, where the school was saying you can opt out. They were giving parents the right to opt out yeah. their kids to opt out of Black History Month? Yeah. I don't know how I feel about that. I don't get to opt out of April. <laughs> I don't get you know. I don't get to opt. I, I don't get a chance to opt out of Christopher Columbus and all that other stuff y'all talked to us about. So yeah, I, I don't know how I feel yeah, about that. catch up. And and I'm not talking about just the Rosa Parks Martin Luther King. You better get you some of this Carter G. Woodson and all the rest old, of it. Old school, all of it. You know what I'm saying? But go go ahead. Anyway, HBCU factor day. All right. Do you know? In what year were HBCUs officially designated by the Department of Education um, officially as the overall group? Do you know what year they were officially known as, you know, accredited bodies by the Department of Education? I don't. What year? 1965. That's actually not that long ago, to be honest. Yeah, it's not not that long ago. So, uh, November 8th, 1965, uh, through the Title III of Higher uh, Higher Education Act of... Again, 1965, U.S. Congress officially defined HBCUs as schools of higher learning um, that were accredited uh, before 1964. Basically, their principal mission was to educate black Americans. Absolutely. There we go. And it's surprised that it took that long, especially because a lot of HBCUs were established in the 1800s. True. So you look at somebody like, you know, Marilyn Easton Shore, 1886. It was took, you know, four generations of people basically before they were like, "Oh, okay, cool, we." Right, but you look at the time. You're talking yeah. civil rights era, you know, yeah. the 1960s. And, and yeah, makes sense. Yeah, same time. Well, now that we've got the fact out of the way, we're going to get to our guest of today. Mm-hmm. Last week, women's basketball. This week, men's basketball. We have assistant Kevon Davis sitting to my right as I, as our guests always do. What's up, Kevon? How you doing? Good to have you here, and um. Kevon, this is your first year here. How you liking the shore so far? Oh, it's been great to be here, and uh, it's been awesome. Always getting somewhere new, meeting new people, and uh, learning the community here at Eastern Shore. All right, so as we start with all, I guess, uh, what is your hometown? Where are you from? I grew up in Upper Darby, Pennsylvania, so right outside of Philadelphia. So I'm really a Philly guy, and uh, all Philly with everything. So I, we talk a lot of uh, a lot of trash around here already with the people. <laughs> okay, <I've met>. okay, <laughs> for sure. So, well, you you going Upper Darby? Upper Darby. Okay. Tell us about Upper Darby in three words. Any three words you want to give. In three words. Wow, I've never, I've never gotten that question about Upper Darby. Yeah. Um, put me on the spire. Put me on the spire. Three words. It's, uh, it's diverse. Okay. It is, uh, it, it is a unique place, and it, it is uh, it's very connected. Okay. So what? You know what he did? 
Oh, absolutely. You know what he everybody did. Everybody give a little hyphenated word. A little word, hyphenated you know? word. Yeah, yeah, put it all together, you know what I'm saying? Because it's, it's hard to put, it's hard yeah. to put your, your hometown, hometown in two words. Hometown three words. But that's, uh, a, that's a lot. So what, what makes it connected, um, unique, and um, diverse? Um, I mean, growing up at Darby High School, it, I mean, we had like close to 50-something nationalities in our high school. Wow. It's a really diverse place. Um, I grew up right there. I could walk in the West Philly, but right there at 69th Street Station, the terminal's there. Get there wherever you need to go. In the city, out in the suburbs, everywhere. The ter- I grew up right by the terminal. So that's what I mean by connected like that. And I think that's all part of the uniqueness about it, just how, how different how you got all different types of flavors all around, you know? That's what's up. So the cheese steak's better, like, in Upper Derby? Or can you, you know, you got to go into Philly to get the best cheese steaks? Right? No, no, it's, it's all the same there. You're, I'm, I, you're walking distance. You can, you can walk into the city there. So gotcha. you, you got to get really farther out so it starts to really change. Ah, uh, got you, got you. Nice. So is that considered a favorite food or is for you or is it kind of like, okay, like a home style food that you really enjoy or like what's your opinion on the, the Philly cheesesteak? Because there's a whole bunch of different, you know, companies and stores and restaurants that kind of have their take on the Philly cheesesteak. And I think, what is it, Chino's and Pat's, am I correct? Are the, yeah, 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 those, like the those two are kind of big tourist spots. They're, they're always lit up. Um, but if you anywhere you go around there, I mean, it's kind of hard to go wrong. Everybody has their favorites. Like I, one of my personal favorites is Del Sandro's. It's one of the spots I like there. Um, but yeah, th- it just depends on your preference with it. But there's so many options there. I, I definitely say that's up there with a favorite food. Every time I go back, I want to go get a cheesesteak or I want to get a hoagie from somewhere. There you go. So it's definitely on the list of things to do. Pretzels too. The pretzels in Philly are pretty good as yeah. well. So uh, we talked about this being your first year here. Uh, what kind of got you to Maryland Eastern Shore after your journey around the country coaching? Um, yeah, just kind of really getting connected with Coach Crafton. And um, I said Coach Crafton having, having uh, worked for the Sixers and having worked at Villanova, you know, and still just being an East Coast guy himself, he kind of we kind of knew a lot of the same people we had actually met over those years, but we, we were very connected with some mutual friends and mutual people that we knew in the business that we ought most respect for. And uh, that's kind of where that came from, you know. And uh, I've always kind of known of Maryland Eastern Shore from afar a little bit. And actually, when I first started my uh, coaching career at Harkham College there, we had a couple of guys come down here and play at Maryland Eastern Shore, one, one of them being a kid named Percy Woods. He was there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've always kind of known about that. And, um, and Coach Frankie Allen is actually a very good mentor of mine. So he's always somebody that's always looked out for me, helped me out when I'm just trying to move up in the ranks professionally and through the years. So it's kind of funny to be here now where he used to work and he's still around here, you know, helping out with the broadcast with our game. So Yeah. Everything kind of just came full circle. Yeah, a, a yes, it has. You know, without exactly being here before, but just, you know, having connections always here and then being able to come here and work. Yeah, so talk about your experience kind of at Harkham College, your playing career in college. Uh, looks like you played two years at Harkham College, two years at Westchester U. Kind of talk about your overall college basketball experience. Yeah, no, very fortunate to be a part of uh, two really good programs. And uh, I play, went, went to Harkham there, did two years there, played for Coach Drew Kelly. Uh, Harkham's one of the top junior colleges in the country. Is very fortunate to be a part of that program. And uh, when I was there, it was actually a very, very uh, unique time as well. It was just I played on the second-ever men's team there. So um, Harkin was always an all-women's school, big nursing school, and uh, Coach Kelly actually started that program from scratch. And um, So, yeah, I was on the second team there, and it's funny to see how much it's grown now. And they yeah. made national tournament appearances and how big it's gotten and playing a different gym. But uh, just going through that whole grown experience of a program early on is something you can uh, draw from even in your coaching career. Um, so from Harkin moving on there and, uh, to Westchester, 
and I played for Coach Damian Blair there. Um, and good thing about even Harkin and Westhead right now, both those guys are still there. Those coaches are still there. So it's always great to have those guys in your life and places you can go back to and, and see the see your coach that you played for. Um, and Westchester's a great big-time place, awesome place. And I uh, really enjoyed my time playing there and, and, and playing for Coach Blair and uh, definitely had a big impact on my life. Definitely, definitely. So let's get kind of in. You graduate from college, got a sports management degree, and you say, I want to get into coaching. How'd that kind of whole role kind of come about? You played college basketball, obviously, but, you know, what kind of sparked your interest in getting into the coaching side of the game? Yeah, when I was at Harcum, actually, so – Coach Kelly, I mentioned there, he actually was uh, a manager of Villanova, and he went there. So he always uh, worked Villanova camp. So I remember him taking me over to work Villanova camp while I was still there on the main line, and that kind of really sparked my uh, interest there. And then and, uh, it was kind of, I think, led to me going back to work for him. So when, so when I got done at Westchester, he hired me right back there. So I got done, got my degree, and I went started right back at Harcum. And uh, at the time, you're like 22 years old, you don't realize what's going on and how, like, golden of opportunity that is. And um, – but, yeah, that, that's kind of what got me going and brought me back into coaching there and, and gave me a great start at the collegiate level with, with some high-level players. And so after Harkham, where did your career take you? And so what, I guess what are the stops between Harkham when you started and Maryland Nietzsche Shore where you're at now? Yeah, yeah. So did four years at Harkham. And then last year at Harkham, we had a really good year and went out to the Final Four at Hutchinson and there's one national tournament for junior college. And from there, just want to take the next step of growth, keep growing, meet new people. And I ended up taking a position at Casper College in, in Wyoming. So there's one junior college out there, uh, about four hours from Denver, Colorado. That helps people. Most people can't pick Wyoming out on a map. So I, had, I <laughs> get a Colorado reference. It helps people have an idea of where, where I was. So a four-hour drive to Denver from there. Uh, Casper's a big-time program out west. Uh, been around for a, a long, long time. Lot, lots of kids coming in and out of there, going to Division One level, Division Two all through the years. And um, that's what I did. I was there for two years. And um, from there, uh, just kind of on the road, I met a couple of coaches that were that were at Cal Poly, San Luis Obispo. Um, Cal Poly's Division One school out in the Big West Conference. So I actually met those guys, Coach Sam Kirby, who's now assistant coach over at Seattle U. I met him on the road, and, and Coach Ms. Reeves. And we we had, uh, he was at Cal Poly for ten years. I had met those guys just just through networking, kind of from moving out that way. And um, and then they eventually had a position open on staff, and uh, it was actually a new position. So instead of having a grad assistant, they created they were creating a new spot. At the time when I took it, we actually didn't have a title. And so when we, I got there, they were like they had an idea of getting a younger person in there ready and, and you know, see, take advantage of the opportunity and someone that you could move up eventually on your staff. And, and that's what that was at, at first. So when I first got the, from Casper, I did two years at Casper and three years at Cal Poly. When I first got to Cal Poly, I was director of player development. And um, a lot of it was shadowing the assistant coaches with everything they're doing um, with the scouts and video, stuff like that. Or is it doing everything you can to know everything about the players and, and the weight room, nutrition, and also helping out with the rest of our basketball operations. So you're, you're kind of jack of all trades. Just don't learn as much as you can and, and being around with, with a helping hand and uh, you can contribute to the program. So at the first two years, that was the role I was in. And then we had a guy leave staff, and I got bumped up to a full-time assistant spot there for a year at Cal Poly. Um, so did that one year there, at, there making that three total. And then um, from that, we got let go of Cal Poly. So from there, I ended up going to Indian Hills Community College out in Iowa. So last year was an awesome experience there. Indian Hills is a powerhouse, a national powerhouse of junior college basketball. Right. Um, they say we're top five in the country. We got number two seed in the national tournament. 
uh, before it was canceled right. due to the pandemic. Um, so players gone all over the place, and um, it's just a it's a big time setup out there, and you can't you can't really beat. Um, all the junior college I've been at, they've all been high level, and including Indian Hills. So from that, through all those experiences, uh, just interactions with players and different people you meet, and um, you know, getting some Division One experience, kind of all led me to end up being here at Maryland Eastern Shore. Right, and you talk about kind of powerhouse junior college kind of team, thirty and three in a year. That that's really really good. Um, kind of talk about your experience there. Um, just not on the coaching side, but kind of getting that winning aspect um, before kind of everything got shut down. Yeah, it's um, it was definitely a really special uh, special group of guys, and you and you really have to, like I say, get get into that many wins. Like people think, oh, you just you're just winning, or it becomes easy. But no, it, it becomes hard because they're getting everybody's truly their best shot. Like they're they're excited, and you really have to get your players to understand that. Like people really want to knock you off and really want really want to get that win against you. How much it means means to you. And at the junior college level, I think a lot of times when kids are in junior college, like people know the places like Indian Hills and your Harkins, your Cass, but sometimes the play the kids don't know all the names. Like you, we could be playing. You're playing a bunch of games in a year against a lot of schools that kids never heard of, so they may not understand that going to the games. And then you might get punched in the mouth early in the game. You got and they got to wake up and you got to come ready to play. And um, I think a lot of that experience there and just getting. You have to learn really, really fast at that level to get guys to buy in and to become one and understand a team goal. Because in junior college, everybody's coming in, trying to look forward trying to, the, to next, get out. the next thing. <laughs> and and you know, going thirty and three, the reason that was able to happen is because everybody brought in to one thing, and they realized if you do that and you win and you're successful, everybody gets what they want. Everybody will sign somewhere. Coaches will move on. You know, and it's it is all a big group effort, and that's what that was there. And uh. And Coach Hank Polona there, who I work for, he does a great job every year of just getting that everybody believing and that buy in that system. So you've moved around a lot. Iowa, California, Wyoming. What was your favorite stop and why? Favorite stop? That that's a Well, I should say this. I mean, I know it's California. (laughs) I can can feel it's California. Just the weather. It's just I've only been to California one time, but I remember when I got off the plane, I was like, this is a different vibe. This is <laughs> yeah. a whole different vibe. And I, I was calling back to my boys. I'm like, bro, we gotta, we just got to be in California, like, just to feel the atmosphere. So I know – I should say what was good about Wyoming and Iowa because I figured California probably, you know, pretty at up the there. top. Well, all, all three of those places are – the only thing close to the similar about all three of them is that they're – Population size, like where I was at in Cal Poly, San Luis Obispo was three hours from Los Angeles. So you mm-hmm. you still have a little bit of a small town feel, mm-hmm. um, which is the same as Casper and the same with Ottumwa, Iowa. So that part. But besides that, like there's nothing similar about any of those three places. <laughs> and even from Wyoming, Iowa, there's no not similar. Right? In Casper, you're, you're in the mountains. You know, Iowa, that's that's the Midwest life, and it's just a different. In California, there's all different types of people. So. I kind of like even like piggyback off that question a little bit how favorite or even that like you just grow a lot as a person being around different types of people and uh, players and, I, and just on and off the court from all those things and um I mean just I even just think of like the different foods you know like yeah. be, being in being in Iowa like I always uh, getting going to get steaks and like you're going in California it's just different type of things different uh, smoothie shops are all around and different types of like you know in Casper and like you're 
you're going you're going out there you know there's a lot of steakhouses there too and like you're different types of like i that's what i think of like right away i'm like like jumps out like oh i remember going to this spot here that was that was that was a pretty good spot like and it's not and those places those type of things make those different places kind of special that you kind of remember along with just all the people yeah and I mean, now that you're here on the Eastern Shore, you got to get on get on the seafood. I don't know. Do you eat seafood? I am not a big seafood guy, so I I got to you know I might have to get a little pointers from you guys where to start off around here. Uh, I mean, you just got to start off with shrimp. And yeah, <laughs> start crab start legs, basic. Really, <laughs> start crab basic. Legs, just really. make sure you put Old Bay on it. That's all you need. Yeah, you got Old Bay is essential when you're talking <laughs> about seafood around here. You just got to get on the Old Bay. But um, so. As far as the weather is concerned, how cold did it get in Wyoming? Because I know I already know how Iowa is, but how cold was it in Wyoming? Like on well, I wouldn't say on average, but like did it have the harsh winter that the Midwest had? Yeah, the thing with so where I was at in Wyoming at Casper, the thing there is the wind. They call it the other windy city. So it's just that that was the big deal there. It's not the cold. And I, honestly, I'm the type of guy, like, once I know, like, a season, like, I don't check the weather too much. <laughs> so, uh, you know, like, right now, I, I kind of have a feel like it's, we're around, and I'm like, I don't even bother checking. Make sure it's not raining, and I'm good. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. I could tell you how cold it was at that point because it, it was already cold, and I, I, didn't, I didn't even know. I, I just, just for the mental, I didn't even know how cold it was. But um, Casper was the coldest place. Like, you said Wyoming, like, th- the wind there. The wind, like think Chicago wind up there in the mountains, Ooh. and uh, that that's what it was every day. So that that was definitely the the, the toughest part of of Casper, and that's definitely the roughest place. So I actually, I mean, going from Philly, and I went to Casper, and then all of a sudden I'm living in San Luis Obispo, and uh, and it's sunny every day, and, and then there's there's pools on campus, rec pools on campus, walking by, and every every day is just perfect. It was uh it was kind of funny how that worked out. Is it still considered Southern California? No, it's not. So that's the Central Coast. Okay. Hmm. Gotcha. Because you sent it three hours, so I was like, I don't know. Because I know the Bay is, what, like five hours from Yeah, LA? yeah. So, so Bay's like three, like four hours north of that. So, so yeah, it's, it's right in the middle pretty much. Got you. Got you. So just what are some fun facts about you? You know, we, we talked about what you did professionally, but, you know, any hidden talents or, you know, just something you like to do on your personal time? Uh, I wouldn't say hidden talents or anything like that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, like I said, I, I am a, I'm a big, a big basketball guy. Obviously, being a profession, um, pretty straightforward. With that, like I, I'm, I said, free time. I'm, I'm probably gonna go back, watch the Sixer game. Probably go hang out. You know, I, I've already, like I tell you, I've already been talking trash. I see you shaking your head. <laughs> I see you're not trusting the process yet, but, but we're, we're, we're gonna get you there. You know, when you're, you're gonna need something to celebrate when we win the title. So you know, I, I'm, I'm a big, I'm a big sports guy. So that that's that's kind of my thing when I'm outside of that and you know, watching football, watching different stuff, and uh, and talking trash like I am now to railing. Well. Breaking news, you know, y'all don't have a quarterback. Well, Carson Wentz is gone now. And that's actually good. I I, I enjoy that because I thought Jalen Hurts was a little bit better than Carson Wentz, but that's another story for another day. (laughs) But as far as the Sixers go, how long is a – how long would you say a process is, Langston? (laughs) Well, let's see. You know, because when they say trust a process – well, are are we talking like brand new coach? Are we talking like you've been there for a minute or like we talking – when someone says, you know, trust what I got, like if somebody says, hey, trust what I got I'll going give on. Them, I'll give them, if you're talking brand new coach, just got there, kind of newish team, I'll give it three years. Wow. That process was going when I was in college. And I haven't been in college for at least five years. I mean, life's a process, you know? Oh, my God. So, oh. You know, <laughs> when it happens, it happens. 
But okay, so after you know trusting the process, is the process coming to fruition this year? Yes. Okay. It's happening. So what about this year makes the sisters the excuse me the Sixers process finally you know work? I think just their two big pieces, Embiid and Simmons, being together so long. Even though he was new, about to get traded? New, no, new coaches, no, no trade. We're not going to let you start rumors, you know, and get, <laughs> get in their heads and try to mess the team up. You know, but I think uh, just, just that growth they've had together now and, and going through that change and uh, realizing like, what happens when the results don't get done and, and uh, having a championship coach in there now, I think it's uh, what they've added with the shooting as well. I think it's just a, a good year for it to happen and, and – Looking at the rest of the conference, I don't think the rest of the East is that strong. And um, yeah, aside, aside from the new the new look Nets, okay, I, I, there's, I was about there's to, not, yeah, there's yeah, not right. too much. Because Wizards ain't doing yeah, nothing right now. It's like it's like win a game, right lose a game. Yeah, the Wizards been losing a lot of games. Yeah, it's Bradley Bill. I don't know what happened, man. Buckets, <laughs> like Bradley Bill is getting buckets for no reason at all. Thirty five a game, and you losing. I don't know, but, but it's not like they're losing by like blowouts. They're losing by a handful of points for the most part. Handful of points, maybe. Yeah, 10 I mean, I, I I understand what you're saying. But At least from the scores <laughs> that I'm seeing, I understand what you're saying. But man, listen, I mean, we, I, all around we just got to do better. We just ain't performing right now, or the Washington football team either. Nah, but we just got done with football season, yeah. so it's all right. Uh, that's We're right. Coming back. That's right. It's coming back. They're coming back. So. Uh, do you watch hockey at all? You watch the Flyers? No, I'm I'm a bandwagon hockey fan. So okay. if the Flyers right. are going really well and they're in the playoffs, all of a sudden I'm all about it. And right. you know, <laughs> pull out the jersey, yeah, let's go. There I am. Yep. There are I you am the same with the Phillies too? Same with the Phillies for the most part. I, I, I'll I'll watch some Phillies games and like I always go, will go to a game. Went to games growing up and that that yeah. was something fun to do. So I'll, I'll watch yeah. them more closely than I do the hockey team. Yeah. Baseball games are pretty cool, like in person though. Yeah, they I've are. been to one. No. I've been to a few. I've been to a handful, maybe three or four. Like not some pro games. Ma- not major league games. Like major league games, I was supposed to go and uh, got in my seat. Went with one of my elementary school buddies and got in the seat, and they canceled the game. We were sitting right there. Weather canceled the game at the national. Oh seat. man, never saw a baseball game. Like Pitiful. pro, pro baseball game. Yeah. Wow. I've been I was there. so excited too. I know you was. I know you, I've been to um, I've been to some Braves games. Like I went to Braves games when they was at uh, when they was in Turner Field. They got the new stadium now, which I mean, it's another story for another day. But they put the I just put it to you, like they put the they put the stadium outside of the city, and I'm not here for that because yeah. everything was like downtown area, and then you move it out to the suburbs. It takes the true essence of what Atlanta is. I get that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I get that. You That's feel kind of like a main attraction why you want to come to. Right. You know Atlanta, what I'm but yeah, I don't get that. You you feel me on that one? Like if you got all your like if, if you have all your sports teams like the arenas and stuff in one central area, whether yeah. it's downtown or just anywhere, if it's all in one central area, it kind of gives a different element of like, hey, this is the area we go to watch games. Right. Yeah. So, I get that. No, I, I get that. I get that a lot. You know, being, being an Eagles fan, any Cowboys fans out there, I give them a hard time because they don't play in Dallas. They don't. And it's not even close. You know, so I, I do. I do pick at you know, different different sports teams and their fans when I know their their team actually doesn't play in the city. And I will always bond with you over not liking the Cowboys. Yeah, me I will too. always bond I with like anybody. I'm always here for any Cowboys hate. I listen. <laughs> yeah, man, America's team. America's team. 
Wow. Must, if they're America's team, that just means America's mediocre. Because if that's supposed to be what America's team is, that means America's <laughs> mediocre. Because that's what the Cowboys are. They've been good. They were, last time they was good, I was like in diapers or pull ups or something. It would. It doesn't matter. It, I hope every Cowboy fan hears this and just knows how much I despise them as an organization, bro. <laughs> Slander. <laughs> I don't wow. like them. Like everything. Wow. Man, come on, man. You, you like the Eagles, you like Washington. Y'all know y'all don't like the Cowboys. Just get with <laughs> You're me. Right. Just get with I agree. me. I just haven't heard this from I should, you before. I should, I should, it's no reason for me to not like them as much as I don't. But I'm just telling you, man. Like, oh. <laughs> I, I didn't mean to set you off, bro. Dude. No, it's yeah, good. That's why we're here. so bad. Like, they're awful. Yeah. Ever since Rebel I just decided to leave and get Rebel, hurt. And... They were good then. They have not. You're right. It's like they they play really well during the season. They get to the playoffs. They choke like they always do. And then they're like, man, we weren't playing that well. We need to come back next year and get better. Right. Guess what happens? The same thing. I'm sorry, y'all. I didn't. Uh, See, y'all didn't realize how much I hated the Cowboys. I I despise the Cowboys. I'm I'm glad we got that off our chest. Then they got the nerve to not pay Dak Prescott. Gonna disrespect a black quarterback like that? Come on. Shame. Man. Well, guess what? How, why are you surprised? They did the same thing to Kaepernick. Kicked him out of the league too. But it wasn't. That's not the same. That that's, that's not the same. Disrespecting a black man for their talent. Oh yeah. And standing up for what's right. I know. But Deshaun Watson come to Carolina. But anyways, back back to what we were saying. Yes. Uh. So Kevin, when you first got to the shore, what was it that's uh was something that surprised you and something that you was like. Hey, this is unique about being here on the uh, Maryland's Eastern Shore. Um, definitely. When I got here, I was really just surprised, like how how big the campus was. You know, you look from afar, you always read stuff when you see it, and, and you see the new buildings going up, and being in such a facility like this, like this building here. I mean, this engineering building is big time here on campus. I remember like taking a picture of it and, and posting <laughs> it somewhere. I'm like, and you see how nice it is. So. Yeah. Uh, I said every you can always put pictures out, but once you see something in person yourself, like that, that was really uh, like I said, really brought it into me. I was like, oh wow, this is, this this is a nice spot, and like you want to you want to keep trying to promote it and get the word out about it, how, like all the stuff we have here. Yeah, and then even how would you say that coming to here, which is a HBCU, and it's a, definitely a different experience than other schools you had been at, but how would you say that? You've seen like the HBCU experience here, even though it's like a COVID situation. Right, watered down. Watered. It's watered down a little bit, but how would you say it's been so far? It's been, it's been great, and I, I I do remember in the fall a little bit, um, getting to see everybody out there and, and getting to see the band a little bit and everybody out there dancing and uh, you know get, getting getting it going there, you know getting the excitement going, this the, the, you know the school spirit there. And I got to see that. I got to see a glimpse of it, you know, with the COVID world we're in right now. Yeah. But I did get to see a glimpse of it in, in the fall. And I, I kind of pictured, I was like, wow, imagine, like, having that at our games and, yeah. and stuff like that. And I, that's something I'm really looking forward to seeing here in the future. Right. For sure. Jeez. Uh, it make, just makes me miss it. I'm thinking, like, games almost coming down. You know, first quarter, second quarter is almost done. Games matched up, you know, two-point game. It gets so loud and heights center. Yeah, it man. does. I mean, especially like homecoming when you get the whole right when everything's kind of locked in and you get the whole, whole all the bleachers are up and you got you know vendors selling what they're selling. Yeah, man, man, that's, that building is rocking. But it's soon, soon enough, soon enough, soon enough, soon enough, soon enough. Soon enough. So um, also, when I th- I just thought it just hit me when we was talking about seafood. I know I'm track. I'm going back. 
the what's the name of that seafood place that's like not far off campus? That could be a good place he could start at. It's, it's like by McDonald's. Oh yeah, behind you know what I I know exactly what place you're talking about. I I know it's you know where it is. I can't remember the name to it. It's right behind McDonald's. I go there every semester, maybe once a semester. Real good local business. Got crab cakes are really good. Sandwiches are really good. Like it's. Whew, I can't remember the name of it though. That I I was just thinking that's got to be a seafood introduction as far as Princess Anne is concerned. Yeah. In Salisbury they got some some other spots, but you know we live me and Kevin we live in downtown Salisbury. You know? Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> I mean I've been down there. It's not technically downtown Salisbury, but it's close enough. So what's like considered downtown Salisbury? Because when where, you where say like downtown Salisbury, that's I consider yeah. like. Salisbury University. Oh yeah, that's right, it's right there. Yeah, right yeah, downtown. We're downtown. Oh, okay. We're All downtown. Right. We're talking about like Cheers and like the the bank. No, and no, all. no. You going see that's that's going like more towards Fruitland. Like we're kind of you know we're smack we're, dab we're in the middle. Smack dab. We're more in the heart of downtown, as, ah. as people would say. You know because you know we can walk. You know, walk right there to all the high schools. We can walk to the Y. All right, you know don't don't rub it in now. <laughs> Now this actually this is a shot for shot for the other assistant AJ. He always tells us we don't live downtown, but from you saying Salisbury University is downtown, yeah. which is close to where we live, I got that. It's been confirmed that we live downtown. You know, I something slight. That. Did you ever think you'd be living downtown one day, Kevin? I didn't. Didn't. I didn't, I didn't think I'd be there. Well, there you go. You get there one day, Langston. Ah, it's coming. You know, you got. <laughs> I know for sure. You know, you got. You oh my! You didn't tell people. Oh your big yeah, news, yeah. Man. Okay. It took you. Right. It took you another. Cat, since the cat's out of the bag now, after after my my great time here of almost six years of being at the short, a little long extended stay, but it's okay. You know, <laughs> <laughs> graduating in May. Okay. Um, I'm gonna be headed down to College Park, uh, University of Maryland College Park, yeah. and I go get there my master's go. degree. Be a therapist. Yeah. I'm so excited. Um, so that's coming coming in August. Get to live downtown. You know, local like college town. Like this is a college town, yeah. but you know, a little bigger of a college yeah. town. So I'm and excited. And you're from PG County. I am from PG mm-hmm. County. So, which are you familiar with PG County, Kevin? Prince George's County. Because we Prince. there's there's slander always about oh well you got to call it Prince George's but it's PG. I I've lived in. Prince George's for like ever. Whatever you want to call it, call it that. Put some respect on it. Yeah, always. Okay. Just so you know. Excuse me. Prince George's County, Maryland. The richest black county in the United States of America. That part. It's right outside D.C. Right. About 20 minutes-ish. Ish. Ish. Depending on what entrance you're going in. But anyway. Like, so where you grew up was... Like twenty minutes from DC, Bowie? yeah, about just about twenty five, twenty right, minutes away. Right, but you got places like Seat Pleasant is like right there. Yeah, but Seat Pleasant is where Kevin Durant is from. Ah, you know they they talk about their basketball prowess in PG County. It is very good. It is very good. But when people talk about, I just want to get you prepared. When people talk about PG County, you would think that they were talking about Taj Mahal. You know, something to of that Great Wall of China. That's how people, you know, so I I mean, I don't think any of our guys on the team this year from PG County, but just now that you're in Maryland, I just want to get you prepared for that. Yeah. So just be ready. You, you'll hear a lot. You know, like, I mean, well, you from Philly, you know. Like, people from Philly, they really love that they're from Philly. 
People from PG County. Yeah. You'll, you'll say, there's a, there's a singer that lives in California. She's like a jazz singer. And she always rep that she's from PG County. Like, so when we were talking about earlier, like you were wanting to go to the Kennedy Center. She, we saw her at yeah. a show at the Kennedy Center. She's like, yeah, I'm from PG. And like, everybody knows exactly where you're coming from. If you go anywhere else in the country, you're like, what's PG? But like, if you're from Maryland and you live in Maryland, yeah, PG, put some respect on it. I, anyway. I got you. You were saying the college park thing. Yeah, college park. But I just wanted you to, I just wanted you to announce that, oh. you know, because it's, yeah. it's, a, super big, it's excited. a big move. It's a big move, and I'm, I'm, I'm happy for you. I appreciate it. You know it. what I'm saying? And, and you continue to move on. So uh, my last question, uh, Kevon, this is more back to, you know, growing up in Philly. What is it about the city of Philadelphia that, you know, brings that reputation? Why does, the, why does Philly get the reputation that they get? What, what reputation is that? It's I not, think it's pretty good. No, I'm <laughs> saying no. <it's, laughs> I mean, like, people, people just think of, like, a wholesome town, like, in Philly. Yeah. They, they, like, people just feel like, man, that's home. I, would, like, I, I need to learn you guys' perspective. Well, what do you guys I, think I, like the, I don't there. have any bad Listen, rap I'll on you, All the people I've met from I, pretty I, cool. I, my roommate in college, one of my best friends, he's from Philly. You know what I'm saying? And. He he repped it. He wore like a badge on on his heart. Right. Don't another, worry, nothing else. Someone, somebody else. I went to another uh, another one of my good friends. She's from Philly. She always was yelling two one five. Like it was <laughs> not a game. Two one. I know two one five six one zero. Like I know that that is where <laughs> that is the area codes in Philly. And so I guess that, what I mean, like the the amount of pride that people have coming okay. out of Philly, the 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 way they say I'm from Philly, you know, I'm tough. I'm, like what what is that? You know, what is what brings that? You know, what being from Philly, you know, what what brings that out of you guys? And why is that so embedded in you guys? Like spirit, I should say. Yeah, no, there, there's lots of spirit and, and fight and uh, there and uh, it's definitely. I think it's just, it's just part. It's just part of growing up there. And, you know, you you better like be confident and you better know you know what you're doing. And, and uh, I think that's why you see a lot of different uh, people always representing it. And uh, even people once they once they they make it big time or whatever they're doing in their lives, they're, you always see them back there. You know, you, you'll see Kevin Hart always back there and always talking about it. You know, and Will Smith be pulling Smith, up. for forever. He's always represented yeah. it. You know. And um, sure. so it, it is a prideful thing, and it, it being being there and being in the area, and it kind of it kind of goes hand in hand with just like we we're, all, we're here talking about sports, but uh, it, it does go hand in hand with that with the sports teams and everything and growing up there, and uh, it's it's all, it's all part of it. It's, all, it's definitely a, a big big thing and, and like a loyal place. Yeah. So you know, let, let's go back back to kind of the basketball scene. We're talking about how you got into basketball. What actually got you into basketball? I think everybody kind of has an origin story of kind of what they got into and how everything started. But what got you into basketball? Um, really just started at a young age and probably, probably with my dad and, you know, just taking me to go play. And, and fortunately, like I said, gr- growing up there was, was, was great because, uh, you know, I, I had basketball courses around. Like we – I didn't. Uh, I didn't grow up with the. I mean, even from younger, even as getting to middle school and high school, like I didn't do all the AAU stuff. Like we still, still people were playing outside. So that was just part of. Like, yeah. You go out to the course you, and you go play, or you go in the city somewhere. You go play with somebody else, you know, or different people, or there's a, there's a run going on somewhere. So it was honestly just a part of a part of just growing up. There's so much just basketball there. You understand? Philly's a basketball city. Um, and it's just so many colleges there. I mean, you got five division colleges in the city, mm-hmm. you know. And, and then there's there's all the division twos and division threes. There's just so much basketball there, and uh, 
it, it's a it's a great place if you're if you're a basketball person. And so when y'all would go to like play in the city, well, play at the courts and stuff like that. Uh, what was like your favorite court to go play at? Like you know, playground wise. Um, in in my in my neighborhood, there's a court called the Trace. So we, we would go down there, and, and uh, it wasn't too far, and it's actually right by 69th Street. We go there and play, and, and um, so spent spent a lot of time there, and um, and it's a lot of the places I can't even remember because you end up all over the place, and once you start yeah. moving around, <laughs> but, you know, you're just you're just going to go play. You just get connected with people, and yeah. uh, there's just so much just going on. There's so many places to go, and uh, it's just it's just how us things were. It's people played outdoors more. Yeah, that's one thing I do envy about. I guess city guys or people from like bigger cities that like play basketball because for us like I mean I'm from the country so a lot of people I know we had like basketball goals in our backyard and stuff like that but we didn't live close enough to like unless you like lived in an actual neighborhood right. you rarely lived close enough to like go just be around with your friends just playing all day so a lot of times it, it kind of led to I know when I was younger kind of calling like hey you going right it's a scheduled today? activity like, you, like oh. kinda, it was kind of felt like a scheduled pickup game right. scheduled like we couldn't just say all right I'm gonna just go to the park because there weren't really parks like that right to just go play at so I mean I know I've always like I've always liked that aspect of like you know Philadelphia LA New York, how they kind of just could. You really can just go neighborhood to neighborhood, just playing and just meeting people. So that's that's all. I've always thought that was pretty cool. So you, we talked about Philly, kind of the basketball. What's the style of like a Philly basketball player, like a you know PA style basketball player, and what's your kind of your coaching style when it comes on the court, um, kind of with your background and everything that you've been through. Um, I mean, I think a lot. I mean, you always hear people talk about tough, like Philadelphia area guards and. Uh, you know, be, being able to, I mean, you see Kyle Lowry, how the career he's carved out for himself. I mean, that's a tough dude. Yeah. You know, he just kept getting better and better, and he found his niche. And, and you see him now in his 30s now today out there taking charges and driving into, jumping into people's body. Like, you, you better have toughness with you. And um, I think even me as a coach, like, just being up there, like, I, I think defensively, like, when I'm watching stuff, like, people going to wall up, and, and you're afraid to take contact or not. You know, I, and I still think like that. And, and I played like that, like you. And it is, it is a, a physical like brand of basketball, and you, and you better, uh, you better not be soft with it when you're when you're out there playing. Who do you think are the top five like guards out of Philly? Top well, well, the the four after Kobe. The four after <laughs> the, four, <laughs> the, the four, the four after Kobe Bryant. Yeah, see, yeah. <laughs> um, that that's that's a good question. All time, all time, guards, guards. I mean, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to put Lowry up there now. Okay. The career he's had, man. I got I gotta give him give him his props, man. Okay. And uh, he's an NBA champ, you know. He is. Um, other other Philly guards that are the best I've seen. Like I'm trying to think even. I, I shouldn't have said top five. Just the best you've seen. Just throw some names out there for right. people. The so they like and they may not even have known these people were from Philly, but just some some guys you remember yeah, like it, growing up. Yeah, growing up. Not and not and like I said, sometimes people go right in the city, or some people go. I, I like to say in the whole area, like where I remember what I, what I remember seeing, and um. I even still remember like Jameer Nelson being around, mm-hmm. and like he actually used to come work out at our gym at Arkham College, and it's somebody I got to see, you know. And I, it kind of just helped me always remember his name more than other people. Um, so like, def- like definitely Jameer, I always remember growing up. Um, like I said, said Kyle said, uh, 
I remember before that, like just Philly area guards. I remember like Alvin Williams and mm-hmm. and guys like that all around. And there's just so many, there's so many different different players there. Like I said, I, I'm a bad person to ask with lists. Like I, oh, I, yeah. I I tell you straight, I'm bad. I'm bad with that. So um, but there's just so many. There's just so many good basketball players just in general there. I know you asked about guards, but just just so many different players mm-hmm. that play professionally or yeah. or good guys you may not even heard of that are playing yeah. at high levels and. Yeah. It's, just, it's like I said. It's just so much hoop there. That that's the biggest uh, thing about Philly. That's the kind of different from all the different places I've been. I uh, personally, I, I've always been a big basketball fan. Two of my favorite players to watch growing up. Uh, one is from Philly, uh, Rasheed Wallace. Mm-hmm. I was always a big Rasheed Wallace fan. And you know, if you are in our age group, you know how Allen Iverson is. Like that is. Bro, I I remember I was trying to grow my hair, get some braids when I was a kid, and <laughs> see, yo, I, I just don't remember the basketball, I but I remember get, having like I, I remember could, get your textbooks cover it, like that's what I remember, like getting your textbook cover to your favorite basketball know, star. Bro. Yeah, listen, I'm telling you, like and, and back and, when they had the old school jerseys, yeah, like, like I'm, the dark blue jerseys, and, and I'm not one, of, you know, it was just I don't know what it was, man. Hey, I was just everybody's guy. When we was growing up, and I was trying to grow my hair out, and I could not, I never, <laughs> I tried to grow my hair out when I was a kid. I tried to grow it out as an adult. We had the pandemic. I couldn't get a haircut. Still, no, nothing. Yeah, never man. Could, never I don't could know get what to the tell you. I, st- I took a picture, like, right before I got my haircut, and, man, I. But the waves look good, though. Now you see me. I, I See, that's the ah. thing. If you, can't, if you can't grow your hair out, you got yeah, to keep the, the waves on swim. Hold on, let me. Hey, can we get a zoom in of our? Uh, yeah, look at that. Look, yeah. yeah. All right, cool. All right, all right, we good, we good, we good. <laughs> go, go, go. If you if you listening, pause, pause. Go to YouTube. Go to YouTube. Look at the timestamp, and then see you know Ocean City coming to Princess Anne. <laughs> I see what All you did. All the way from Ocean City to made it to Princess Anne. <laughs> I see what you did there. That's horrible. I know now, so is. now we're even. Yeah, we are yeah, even because yeah, last, last week was bad. bad. What you said last week was bad. But that, that was a good one. But uh appreciate you coming on, uh Kevin. You know, uh but hold with up. Us, talking you, about you ain't gonna ask him where he sees himself in the next five years? Oh yeah, that that's is a home. standard That is a standard talk question. Talk short question, us. man. That is I'm where still, do you see I guess yourself I'm still in getting in the groove. Years. I'm still getting in the groove. I'm trying to see where I'm gonna I'm gonna be at tomorrow. <laughs> uh, but, uh, <laughs> I feel that completely. Yeah, hopefully I'll be I'll be back here on campus. But uh <laughs> No, next next five years. That's that's a that's a very good question. I've actually gotten it before. Um, I mean, I I, I can't even think that far ahead. I know like people, a lot of people like to think five, ten years or having a plan. Um, you, I think you have ideas of different things you want to do. Um, my, for me, like I said, I, I like I said, I've moved all around. I th- I'm just trying to get through the next year or two. I get that be, being here and and, uh, and being part of some success here at Eastern Shore. That, that's kind of wh- where I'm at with it. It's not something I, I put a lot of thought into of saying uh, five, ten years from now is the best best way I can answer that. Right, kind of a live in the moment type mentality is kind of what I'm getting. Yeah, I like that. I like that. I'm a, I'm I'm a live in the moment kind of person for sure. I got Are that. Are you? Um. No, I'm a planner. I'm a, I'm a big planner. Are you a planner as in, as far as, okay, this is the point I'm in in life, I'm a plan now? Or are you one of those planners like, okay, by the time I'm 30, I should be doing this. By the time I'm, kind, I'm, I'm kind of sort of half-half. I like to plan, like visualize and see things out. See, like I'm, going to grad school, I could have told you like three years ago, I wanted to go to grad school. Now it's actually happening, so I'm thinking like three more years ahead of time. 
crazy that is, but yeah, I don't know. This is me. Yeah, no, I'm 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 cool with the like planning like as far as like I mean I don't think you should like if you're in college obviously you should be planning to graduate and stuff right. like that. Like, I understand that, but the other half of you know hey by the time I'm thirty I gotta be doing this by yeah. the time I'm thirty five I gotta be I think that because I I think that breeds you feeling like you're a failure right if you don't and I've kind of stopped doing that now yeah I've kind of just like okay live in the moment kind of plan ahead but don't like over plan let just things happen and fall where they fall got you. Got you. And it makes sense then. Well, thank you for stopping me. You know, we still, it's season two, so we season just two. get back in the swing of things. Just but gets better. Kevin, okay, well, I appreciate you coming and uh, stopping in on the show. Uh, we talked about it for a couple of weeks, so it's good to get you in studio and have you on. Oh, I appreciate you guys having me. I'm happy to be here. Man. But no before we before we let you like really go, where can the good people find you on social media if they want to connect with you and they want to ask you a question that we didn't get to ask you? Where can they find you? Um, Twitter. I said just Coach Kevon Davis. That's, that's my handle on there, and it's actually pretty much mirrors that the same on Instagram <laughs> and uh, and then I did on Facebook on a Facebook page. I have the same thing going on there. So uh, that's that's how I'm on there. I'm, I'm actually a big Twitter guy. That's kind of that's kind of my thing more than anything. I'm new to Instagram world. I've, I've been trying to trying to hit rail up for advice. You know how, how, how to get you. it how to get it going. And, uh, Silhouette and challenge, and, you know. That that's where I'm at. I love it. <laughs> really, Instagram Instagram is just about you know just. Don't let people's lives on Instagram make you think they're living better than they are. Right. <laughs> that's all I'm gonna say. Be be authentic. Don't don't man, fake don't be like don't be like the rest of the phonies on Instagram. Yeah, because that's all it is. My my kind of whole take with Instagram is, you know, like we were saying, live in the moment. But my my Instagram is a storybook. You can go all the way back. I don't delete pictures. I'm kind of like a presidential kind of historian picture guy. You know, photographer. What gets posted on my Instagram doesn't get deleted. You know, it's on there for you to see. You know, enjoy the moments that you have. You can't do. Do second chances or, you know, have moments to do things over. So you live in the moment. It so, happens to happen. So every post you've ever posted is there? Yeah. I think I've, I, I wouldn't say every post. I would say 90%. I, I, I don't delete much. But then, but then I, like, I go through a process. I'm like, am, if I'm looking for a job, am I going to feel bad that somebody sees this picture? Like, I go through that before I post stuff. I think everybody should. But, like. You know? Oh, yeah, do that before you post it. But if you have that mindset going back to when you started, you got nothing to worry about. Right, that, and that's, I'm, I'm with you on that because they do check. You oh, know, they when, do. They don't tell do, you, but they do. Employees do check your uh, social media to make sure you're not doing anything crazy. Right. So, but. Anyways. I got you on the Instagram, Kevin. Don't worry about it, man. Don't worry <laughs> about it. But as as always, I'll, I'll speak on Instagram, I'll plug mine. R underscore Wardlaw. Um. I'm there. I follow back. Uh, Twitter, Ray underscore Law 12. Uh, Facebook, I'm on there. LinkedIn. Uh, pretty much, you know, if you type in my name, it'll something will pop up. Yep. I'm on MySpace, too. I'm on, uh, what am I, LinkedIn? <laughs> I'm on uh, You're Twitter. You're on MySpace, too? Huh? You're on MySpace? No, I'm not on MySpace. You never had a MySpace? No. Sorry. Wow. No. L just a little bit too young for that. Now, I almost hopped it on when the trend came back on like three, four years ago and everybody was like, oh, MySpace is now a thing again. I almost hopped on the trend, but I didn't. Don't do it. Yeah, I won't. But you can find me on Twitter. You can find me on LinkedIn. You can find me on my other podcast, Langston Freighter Show, available wherever you get your podcasts. Um, 
Yeah, that's where you can find me. You can find uh, Maryland Eastern Shore Hawks pretty much everywhere. You can find us on our website, easternshorehawks.com. You can find us on Twitter, ESHawks Sports, Instagram, ESHawks. Um, yeah, just make sure you use our hashtags, uh, Hawk Pride and Hawkshore RT. Also, Retool Your School is going on right yeah. now. Yeah. So get on there and vote. Uh, trust me, your votes do count. They do and count. If we, what is it? The top two, or top the top, the top three. I think the three divisions they get. I think twenty to seventy five thousand dollars of a grant to you know retool and repurpose something in their school or a project they want to work on. Right. So, right. We've been close. So make so sure I think make sure you, we can do it this year. Yeah. Make sure you vote for retool your school and uh, also uh, look out for the Hone Your Craft podcast with uh, head coach of men's basketball Jason Crafton, head coach of women's basketball Fred Bachelor. Uh, episode two is out now. It just uh, and they also were featured on WBOC, the local news right. about what they're doing. So uh, be on the lookout for their podcast. It's on uh, the website easternshorehawks.com and on Eastern Shore Hawks Facebook page. You know it. Next week's guest to be announced. To be announced. Tune in. But uh, I think that's everything. Uh, also use the hashtag TalkShore. Uh, and if you want to email us about anything about the sh- uh, show, topics, guests you would like to see, mdtalkshore at gmail.com. Right. You can find us uh, on Apple Podcasts. You can find us on Anchor, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your favorite podcast. Spotify. Spotify. That's where you can find us. Um, yeah. Shout YouTube. out to our uh, in-studio crew and our uh, crew in the production and the um, control room. Appreciate them being here. As always, We've produced this uh, podcast, COVID safe. We've all been tested. We're all negative, and we're good to go. We we're, all have we're socially distant. We're always doing it. Every look, every week that you see us, we're COVID tested and we're socially distant. Just know neg- that. Just know that. Just know that. All right, I'm, I'll be so man. I'm so ready for this to be over. Man, I just can't wait to just go to a I'm basketball so, game or a volleyball game. I'm so ready for this, to and be just over. like. Travel, not have to wear a mask. Now I love the mask. I think it's super cool. It keeps your face a little bit warmer. Oh, now it looks stylish. The mask in wintertime. Oh, top notch. Especially this eastern shore wind. Oh, hit you win- from left, right, forward, backwards. <laughs> Man, except if you wear glasses, they do fog up. So just make sure your your That's mask a, is. Uh, I don't wear my properly. glasses much now because of the fogging of the. I got no choice. Mask. I mean. Yeah, I mean, but I don't like wearing my contacts every day. But because of the mask, it just makes me go straight. I feel to it. But I mean, hey, shout out to the mask. Wear your mask, people. Yeah, wear your mask. And um, if you in the line to get vaccinated, go get vaccinated. Stay in line. Tell a friend. And if you don't want, if you want to get out, call me. I'll take your spot. Because <laughs> I'm take ready to spot. get this. I'm ready to get this over with. I'm ready to be back at games. I'm ready to um, move on. Move on, man. I, but yeah. That's the show. Talking to Shore, episode two, season two. I'm Raylan Wardlaw. I'm Langston Frazier. We'll see you next week on Talking to Shore. <laughs>